Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Well, Martha, here we are again, and we're getting ready for another podcast. But I gotta ask you, have you ever downloaded the Spotify app yet? Uh, I know you keep asking me, and I know it's free, but I just tap on the link you post on Facebook when I can find them. When you can find them? Well, if you would download the app, Martha, they'll be in your phone every time that you want to listen to them, and you don't have to scroll through Facebook and search to try and find them. Okay, tell me how to do it again. Download the app, Spotify, it's free, and then sign in. And once you sign in, find one of the links I post, and when you go there, follow us and tap the bell for notifications. And every Monday, just like that, the new podcast will appear, and you can listen whenever you want. Sounds good. Okay, then let's do it. Welcome to Crosstalk. We're welcoming tonight John McMillan. Welcome, John. Thanks, Martha. We're glad to have you here, Johnny. We are. We're glad to have you here tonight. We're going to jump in with a a couple of questions here. And uh, the first one is, where and when did you get saved? And what brought you to that decision to receive Jesus? Well, I was 12 years old in 1977. I was old enough to know what was going on, and it was the time in Los Angeles where everybody was getting saved. Mm-hmm. Uncle Doty came around and he was inviting people to church and they were going in and getting saved except in Christ and they were getting baptized but they really were. All they talked about was Jesus and God. And being 12 years old I knew something was happening. People was different. Everybody was different. All they talked about was God and they wanted to pray and have Bible study and even though they didn't know what they were doing they were trying. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was something special was going on and that it was of God, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember before that when I was a kid, you'd say, why did Jesus die? And they would say, because he loved you so much. They didn't know the plan of salvation. They right. didn't know he died right. for our sins. They would just thought he died because he loved us. This was different. They know he died. They knew the plan of salvation. They accepted it got baptized and they were on fire for God, everybody. Mm -hmm. And it fell at the same time in Houston, Mm -hmm. you know. So it was something that God came into our people Mm -hmm. and and brought our people into the house of God, into Mm -hmm. the into the family of Christ. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing, amazing amazing thing. And that movement started in nineteen sixty seven and it started with the hippies, the hedges and highways in Costa Mesa with Chuck Smith. Mm-hmm. And it ended with us, the hedges and highways mm-hmm. in the late 70s. Yes. Is what is amazing with it. You know, and that scripture always comes to me. Ham always would use it for our people, the hedges and highways. And I loved it, you know, mm-hmm. and look. Yes. So, and there was big players back in those days, like in the 70s, people that comes to mind when I think of that. There was something special about all that because everybody was like, oh, let's have a Bible study tonight. Let's fast for three days. And 50 people would jam into a motel room and mm-hmm. they would, someone would sing and they couldn't sing and there was no instruments and it was 
in one respect, it was horrible, but yet it was so beautiful. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> loved it because they were on fire for God and they shared testimonies and let's fast for tomorrow and let's pray for this person. And just everybody was so on fire. And there's certain people sticks in my mind in the 70s, Bill and Margaret, mm-hmm. for one, Bobby and Nancy. Mm-hmm. And one is Uncle Jocks We Margaret. Yeah, always yeah. stays with me. She Unbelievable. In Kansas City, the time we were in Kansas City. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, she was. And uh, there was more. There was Uncle Doty in the mm-hmm. 70s, was a big player in all of that. Mm-hmm. Tommy Carney, the pastor mm-hmm. in Glendale, we can't leave him out. He was the one that led us all to the Lord and baptized right. us all, mm-hmm. you know. And Anna May always sticks in my mind. Mm-hmm in the 70s because we were always together and Anna Mae was a young girl very mm-hmm. young and all she did was read her Bible and all she did was talk about God Uncle Jock's Margaret was the same way yep and that and they just they're they in the 70s it's those faces represent the 70s to me you that's know what a, I mean that's good so Johnny that's good that's they stand good. out to me and then we went in the, we we finished the 80s off kind of backed off a little Mm-hmm. And then Michael and Ian came, like, they showed up from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we got connected with them. I can't remember that. There were stories about them on being T- TBN, on being on TBN. Yes. And speaking out. Nelson uh, Kelby seen them, and then Francis and Jimmy Burns had meetings in Florida with them, with and then them. we hooked up with them, too. Well, mm-hmm. Francis Burns would have been related to them, wouldn't she have? Her old mother was related to them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the players then, not the players, but the people that God put our way right. was Michael and Ian. Mm-hmm. And then I always remember, because we talked about it a few years ago, was Pat and Mary Bridget always mm-hmm. comes to mind. They were always there. Yeah. And and I was talking to young Pat. He did worship music and he sent me the worship and he plays and sings beautiful. But he said to me, you remember my dad leading worship? And then, and then finally I said, no, I really know I don't. You have to remind me. Mm-hmm. And he, it was his song, which has got the whole world in his hands. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't believe it. I said, that was your father, Pat. That was my father. Yeah. I said, oh, my goodness. Because they were everywhere. Then yeah, I remember the two people was everywhere. They mm-hmm. were everywhere and they love God. Yep. So they were major in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And all them Southern pastors, there's too many to mention in the but 80s. But all of them, yeah. They were all looking for our, 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 our souls to be secured in heaven, you know. Amen. Yes. And, uh. There were so many of them to mention. And one person I got to mention, because at that time we used to compare him to John the Baptist, was John Trail. was mm-hmm. amazing back then in mm-hmm. the 80s. Mm-hmm. He still is today. I'm not taking away from him. But at that time, he was unbelievable. He, he remind, when, we, when we ran into Eddie Smith later, Eddie Smith reminded me of John Trell when John Trell was young, mm-hmm. you know. So he was a major person that when I think of the 80s, the, I think of those yeah, people, you yep, know. Yep, A lot of people planting seeds and planting watering. Seeds. And, and what all that looks like to me is Hebrews 12. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That was good. And we can mm-hmm. look back on them. Yes. God put them in our path. And we can look back at all these people and God put them there. Amen. And, they, and their heart was in the right place and they loved God and they were wanting us to be saved like... They wanted to be. They wanted to know that we were secure mm-hmm. in our faith, you know. And God put them our way. Amen. And then, like another major, major one was in the early nineties, Cornerstone, Delaware. Mm-hmm. Ham and Eddie, unbelievable. Charlie and Anna Mae as a team come in at that time, and I'll always remember Angus and Kathy. Oh yeah, Angus and Kathy in the nineties. Every time I seen them, they encouraged me. 
They just encouraged me. They had that spirit. Then we get to closer to today, and it leads to deliverance. What happened to me in the 90s, I was really, I believe I became a believer at 12 years old. I don't really know. I don't want to use bad theology or anything in this. But I believe, but I believe in the early 90s, I believe I got born again in Ham's church. It was more an adult reading into it and listening to solid teaching. And I believe that's when I got the born again experience. And I remember leaving the last time I left. Ham would say it every year and he would say it to all the time. He would say, when you go out there, you be sure you get in a solid Bible teaching church when you get out there. It doesn't matter if it's a country church. There is none of our churches out there. Just get yourself in a country church, solid Bible teaching church, Mm -hmm. and stay in your word. Anna Mae would always say to me, are you in your word? Stay in your word. She would always be concerned that you weren't in the Bible, you know? I know. I remember. You remember, yeah. (laughs) I was one of them. (laughs) So she rode me on that, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I did go out west. I went out west not to return. I knew I was never returning to Jersey this time or to Delaware, and I slept away, and it was a slow progression. It took a year or two into total alcoholism is what happened. It took a few years, and I spun into it. Mm-hmm. And it. some people, I believe it's biblical, there is some people that could have a glass of wine with a meal on occasion, or a couple of glasses of wine, and they're not going to get drunk, and they're not going to drink again for a month or six weeks I'm not that person. Most people aren't. I'm not that person. So anyway, that's what happened. And it spun out of control and it lasted 20 years. 20 years of being in the desert. Lost in the desert. Lost sheep, I'll say. So anyway, I started pushing myself back into church here. Our God was calling me in. And I started pressing in and I was with Bill and Jeannie a lot. Bill and Jeannie's a big player in my life. I can always reach out to Bill and Jeannie with something. And uh, the church here, Charlie and Anime, and the whole cloud of witnesses, again, all them same people we talked about here in this church, unless mm-hmm. they've passed away. Mm-hmm. So I'm surrounded by that cloud of witnesses again that's in Hebrews 12, you know, that God put my way. And anyway, uh, I goes up to Vegas. It's time to go up there. Rents a place. And I got Kathy and me always talked about going to a church here, and we start going to it. And then I see Peter and Alan, and they invites me over to Bible study on Tuesday nights. I think it was over by where they lived. And I went over, and they were doing the Fruit of the Spirit. And it was old Peter and Mary Jane, who's amazing. Old Mary Jane and Peter are so encouraging. It's unbelievable. Yes. The same spirit that Angus has is in his sister, and it's in Kathy, Big Al's Alex's wife, Kathy. Yes. It's a spirit of encouragement. Yes. And exhortation. You feel good when you're done talking to them. You feel like you've talked to somebody that's godly when you've talked to them. Mm-hmm. And Kathy's amazing like that. Kathy yes. encourages me every time I see her. But anyway, and so does Big Al's Alex. All he does is encourage me when I see him. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they're doing the fruit of the Spirit, and I think the last night... The last one's coming up. And they said, you're going to do the last one. I said, oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) I had never, ever spoke up. I wouldn't speak up through these Bible studies or that. I was just quiet. I was listening. Too embarrassed to talk out. Mm 
Oh, no, you're going to, you can do it, you can do it, Kathy. Oh, no, you can do it, you can do it. And she's encouraging me in that. And before I know it, I committed to do it with them. <laughs> and it's on self-control. Uh-huh. The alcoholic <laughs> oh, well. is going to teach on self-control. So anyway, I said, how do I, to myself, I prayed and prayed, how do I, whatever it was, I don't have the notes, I taught on it. And that the next week. But anyway, right soon after, I, st- I was sober there for three or four weeks during that, but I start drinking again. I mean, I'm drinking heavy, and I'm in the apartment by myself. Dad and all of them's back here. And uh, it's Easter week, Holy Week. And I started like a week or so before, whatever it was, the time frame don't matter. The time frame that matters was I drank right up, and I'm trying to sit if I'm not going to be able to go to church Sunday if I don't try and sober up. Because I would wake up and start drinking. I would be so sick. So anyway, I, I tr- I'm trying to wean myself off of it. And I'm not, I'm still drinking heavy, you know. But anyway, get so good Friday and I go Saturday morning. I wake up and I would put on uh, Greg Laurie. I'd listen to his daily devotion. I would read the Bible and I would pray. And I would say, God, get me through this day. Every morning I would say, God, get me through this day. And it was something I did there for the the month or six weeks being around Christian company. But anyway, I I'm laying in bed, and uh, I don't know if it was, and it really ain't important. But I don't know if I fell back asleep or if I went into like what you would call twilight or if it was a vision, whatever it was. And I'm in a pit. When the like they'll say the lights goes on and I'm in a pit, and my knees is pulled up against my chest and I have my arms around my knees, and I felt something in my hair, and I reached up to see and it was a hand and it grabbed me and it pulled me out of the pit, and when I come out of the pit it's bright Nevada daylight when I comes out of the pit and I'm in the desert, and he's it's Jesus, and he's pulling me. He's got my hand, and he's pulling me. And the landscape's not easy to walk through. I'm stumbling. And he's just gliding right through it. And I couldn't look at him because I was too embarrassed to look at him. But I know he looked just like the Jesus in the movies. You know what I mean? He's, he's got the long clothes on and the long hair. And that is the Jesus in the movies. And I didn't have to look over to know that. And anyway, we walks and walks and walks through the desert. And we comes to a body of water. And he stretches his hand out and opens it. And we walked through it on dry land. And when we got to the other side, he spun me around like a top. And I just stared back at it, and he closed it. And he said, see, now you can never go back. Wow. That's There's amazing. no way back. And I got up that morning, and the house was literally full of, of liquor. Everywhere I went, I had to go through the house. And I had black trash bags in the truck for Mark. And I brought one in, and it was it was like it was in the laundry machine, and it was like it was in the tank behind the toilet bowl, and everywhere I went through the house, and cartons of cigarettes everywhere. I gathers it all up and throwed it all away, and I I, I never smoke. I've never smoked a cigarette again. Thank you, Jesus. And I've never Thank drank you, again. But the beauty of it is, I've never considered it. It's never ever bothered me. Amen. And up to that point, it was like it was a beast on my back, a dirty, filthy beast on my back. I could be sober for a month, but I was not delivered. Mm-hmm. I still had the problem. It was mm-hmm. still there. Now I'm not taking away. God has different ways of delivering different people. Some people may need like a plan 
or a 90-day treatment or a 30-day treatment or a place to go in and talk. God has different ways with different people. But I needed something I could reach out and touch, and God knowed that. And that's what God done. He came to, he found the lost sheep. He came to me. Amen. Amen. He found the lost sheep, and he took me back in. And I thank and praise Jesus for it. That's my testimony. Praise God. Amen. Amen. 20 years. And then, then later, I give told I told uh, old Peter Reed and Mary Jane. And, they, and I said, the sad, the only thing bothers me, Peter. I said, why, when I'm an old man now, I'm 52 years old, whatever I was. And he said, well, son, you would have never had that testimony. That was a good thing. <laughs> so you'd have never yeah. had that testimony. Yeah. How long ago was that, Johnny? 2015. 2015. Silent Saturday or Holy Saturday, 2015. It was eight years last That's amazing. Easter. That's amazing. It is amazing. I remember, Johnny, I caught you one time, the Lord, not taken away from your testimony because it's incredible, but I had a dream about you. I'd been praying for you. And I seen you sitting, remember me, I told you this dream, you were sitting at the front of a church with the Bible in your lap open. And I seen a little bottle floating over your head. But I really didn't know what it was because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know that you drank. You know what I'm saying to me? And if someone would have told me you did, I'd have rolled my eyes because you were Johnny to me, you know? And I seen this bottle over your head and I seen it break. And a blue light come out and sparkles went all over you and your face changed. And I remember calling you and telling you what, uh, whatever it is in your life. Do you remember that or do you? Yes. And I said to Charlie, whatever it is in Johnny's life, God's going to deliver him. I know it. Didn't happen right away, but it happened. No, it happened. It it's happened. A, it's God's time. It's not our time. Our time. It's not our time. Well, let me ask you this. If you if there was somebody struggling with an addiction or whatever in their life and needed a deliverance, what advice would you give them? Keep praying. Because in whatever condition I was in, which was bad, I would wake up every morning and I would say, oh, please, dear God, deliver me from this. Please, dear God, take this away from me. I struggled with it for seven years. I was I enjoyed it for like 13. I struggled for the last seven because I wanted to quit, and I couldn't. There was no way. And then they were going to take me down to the Calvary Rehab Center here in the town for a 90-day program. And I said to them, I can tell you, 90 days, breeze it. But on the 91st day when I get out, I'll be hiding it in the luggage. So, Well, yeah, that's that how you know. Tony, what I think, too, and I... I believe that you, your testimony said that uh, Mary Jane and Peter Reed invited you to a Bible study. They were yes. or Alan and Peter Holden. Alan and Peter Holden. Okay, they invited you over to, and then don't you think that that consistent word of God? And I was being fed here the whole winter before. Mm-hmm. See, I was in here every day the whole winter before. Every time there was something going on, I was here, and I was doing pretty good. I was still sneaking it at times, but I was doing pretty good. And then when I went up there, they invited me over. Like today, even though I don't deal with that, Satan will get you some other way. He'll find another outlet to get me on. So I stay in the church. I'm in in a fantastic church in Vegas. I serve there. Mm -hmm. Pastor Greg and Miss Vicky's amazing. Mm -hmm. Pastor Barry and Miss Shelley's unreal. I was with Pastor Barry in the previous church, I served in the children's ministry under him. And he didn't, but see, watching him with children was unbelievable because we lack patience. Mm -hmm. Our people lack patience. We're now. Mm -hmm. We want everything now. And to watch him with children, Mm -hmm. it showed me how to be patient with 
people, Christians, and in trying to reach people, children, everything. You know, I, I, he did, it was a discipleship thing, and he never, wasn't even aware of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. The young worship leader in our church, Victor's unbelievable. The young mm-hmm. man and his wife, Alex, is amazing people, you know? Yes. And there's another couple there. They're coast. They're not coast to Mesa. They're Craig Laurie people, John and mm-hmm. Debbie. She, they were, most everybody got saved in Coast to Mesa when it was Chuck Smith. But her brother's a pastor at Harvest. They're amazing people too. Mm-hmm. Encouraging, very encouraging. Encouraging you to serve and do and serve and do for the Lord. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, that's right. why the Bible says forsake not assembling yourself together. Even And more it's what time. I didn't do what Ham told me to do. Yeah. See, it's what I didn't do it in the 90s. You know what I mean? And there is Bible churches out there. And they don't go to church. Yes. Then they can be in wherever you are. Like you said, it doesn't, if you have one of our churches, wonderful. We want everybody in it, but go to church. You got to go to church, church. find a church. And then reading the word and prayer. That was the three things you hit on. That when you started to change, you began to attend church again, you began to read the word again. And you begin to pray again. Yeah. And then God, through his word, his spirit. Deliverance God, came. Yep. Deliverance. Yeah. Amen. It's very important that people stays in, in the fellowship, stays in church. To maintain. Stay in the yes, word. absolutely. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. Absolutely. A tremendous, powerful testimony, uh, Johnny. It's uh, something our people needs to hear because there's lots of people struggling with the struggles. Not it to, could be anything. You can be struggling with anything. Yes, yes. It's just a good example of it, struggle. Right, right. And what God does for one, he will definitely do for anybody. He's no respecter yes. or a person. So um, we want to thank you. If you have anything else you want to uh, share, Johnny, before we close. I do. Go ahead. And I want to go back to the hedges and highways because it's something that was, touched me unbelievable. As I went. I've been to Mexico a bunch of times mm-hmm. on mission trips, but we went last year and it was a tough one, Cambodia, because it's an unbelievable mm-hmm. flight. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't want to lie, it was like 12 or 14 hours and we was in like Seoul, South Korea or something. And then we had another trip to go. But anyway, when we finally gets there, we finally goes out to the villages and what the hedges and highways are, you got to understand what that is. That was the tree line that separated the highway mm-hmm from the farm they put the trees up to block you from looking in at the property behind okay that yeah. was the hedges along the highway it was a hedge along the highway right. all right so we goes out to the village and i had a village in mind you know like a little village set up you know in a circle mm-hmm. or something when we gets out it's a road and the huts are in the hedges and highways it's elevated huts in the hedges and highways wow in cambodia and it's it's unreached people and the difference with unreached people is they want to hear it. Mm-hmm. They have no, you know, nonsense. Like my mother was a Christian and she used to hit me or whatever and all that nonsense. They don't here. have all the theological. They don't have all the baggage. Yeah. They don't have the baggage. They just want to hear the word. Right. You know what I mean? And here's these people living God's creation. Mm-hmm. And they're in the hedges and highways, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, 150 years or 200 years ago, here's what it would have looked like. Mm-hmm. And God looking down on it, but God came. Mm-hmm. See, so we are called to go out to the, all the world and try and reach all the world. Amen. You know, 
So that's another story. That's in another itself. story. Cambodia. In itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's another praise interview God. in yeah, itself. There's going to be a part two here, John. <laughs> I think. So it was a beautiful thing. I, I just felt it. like yeah. So I have a burden. I have a heart for Cambodia. That's the okay. point of it. That's okay. It. That's good. Lost souls. I have a heart that's good. For God Amen. revealed that to me immediately. This is people in the hedges and highways. Yeah. Praise God. You know, there's so. a lost and dying world out a there. A lost and dying world. There that's is. Right. There is. Well. We want to thank you, Johnny, for coming and sharing your heart. You did share your heart. And it's not easy, but I really believe it's going to touch a lot of people. Amen. I do too. And it humbled me. And I want you to know I love you always, have. You know that. I know. I don't have to tell you that. I know that. And just thank you so much for coming. Thank you, John, for sharing. My uh, two closest gal cousins. <laughs> <laughs> the, Literally, uh, we did grow up together. We did. We did. And uh, I just I want to thank you, too, uh, John, for sharing. It's uh, it's an incredibly powerful testimony, and it's going to help people. It really, it's going to help people. And I want to thank you for sharing it. Thanks. I do. Thanks for having me. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.